Welcome to Scanner School. This is session number 131. We're going to teach you how to optimize your Uniden DMA style scanner for the best trunk tracking. I guess optimization is the best way to say it. There's a thousand ways you can set up your scanner for trunk tracking in a Uniden DMA type scanner. We're talking about like the BCT 15Xs, the, the T series, the X uh, P2 series. And this can kind of carry over to the Home Patrol series, but there's a wrong way to do it, and there's a right way to do it, and there's a super optimized way of doing it. And we're going to get right to that third method right after this. And before we start this week's podcast, I want to thank the supporters of Scanner School. So whether you're going to scannerschool.com support and you're supporting us at a one-time donation by going to PayPal. Maybe you're using our Amazon links before you make a purchase on Amazon. If you're looking for new hardware, you're using our Scanner Master links. Or even if you're using Butel software, before you make that purchase, you go and use our Butel links. And our brand new eBay links if you're looking for used equipment. Your support helps keep the podcast going. I also want to thank those who help support us on Patreon. Now, Patreon is a month-over-month type of sponsorship platform. And there's three different tiers. The first tier for a buck a month, you're just help, helping to support us. And really, at the Patreon takes theirs, we're only getting pennies on a dollar, to be honest with you. At $3 a month, you're going to get the podcast delivered to you early. You get your own private podcast feed that you can actually get the podcast as soon as it's available. At the $5 level, you not only get the $3 level, but you also get squelchy stickers mailed directly to your home. Because at $5 a month, it really equates to being about a dollar a week or a dollar per podcast is really what you're you're giving us. So again, I want to thank my Patreon supporters who are Craig Harper, Dan, Glenn Blum, Glenn Bryden, Guy Lee, Irvin Thibodeau, James Felling, Jeff Block, Jenny Taylor, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Mark Beebe, Paul Teal, Raymond Hill, Richard Armstrong, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Scott Vorder, Signals Everywhere, Tim Mazza, Ted Glundi, and William R. Cand. Let's start the podcast. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. And if this is your first week joining the Scanner School class, let me just say welcome. This podcast is here every week to help you learn everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. Now, before we start, please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. It's very simple. Just take out your device you're listening to us right now and click the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on. If you're not listening to us on your device but checking us out on the web, just go to our website, scannerschool.com. And there's a newsletter right there on the front page. And I let you know each week what's going on with the podcast. So you never miss anything. And it's very important right now because we're in the middle of a mini series. We talked about in session 129, understanding the systems and groups in your Uniden scanner. Last week on session 130, we discussed how trunk systems work. Now, specifically, we talked about multiple sites in a trunk system, how they work together or independently, and why you need to be aware of that. Now, 
Again, sessions 129 and 130 were prerequisites to this week's podcast. If you want to go back and take a listen, you can do so by going to scannerschool.com slash session 129 or session 130. But again, if you haven't listened to it yet, don't worry. We're going to review that material as we go through this week's material. Again, all the notes are online at session uh, scannerschool.com slash session 131. So again, this week, again, we're talking about Uniden DMA. Next week, we're going into the Whistler GRE old Radio Shack object-oriented scanning platform and how you can optimize those scanners as well. So again, we're not just Uniden. We're taking care of everybody else out there who likes to use the Whistler line as well. So again, we're covering a whole mini-series here. Next week should be the wrap-up of this. So our Uniden DMA-style scanners, we have several layers in the programming. Let's start with what we're here to talk about, trunking systems and sites. So now, if you remember from last week, we can have a trunk system that has multiple sites. These sites can run on their own or as one large networked site or typically called simulcast. All right, we hear simulcast a lot in the P25 world. But think of each individual site basically as a repeater, right? This repeater transmits the radio traffic and the control channel traffic in its area. So let's say we have multiple sites that cover a county, or multiple repeaters that make up sites that are in the county. If they run on their own, we could say that we have, say, for example, a north site, a south site, an east site, and a west site, and maybe a central site, right? All covering different parts of the county. We're talking like square counties here, right? Or square states, USA. This is... Very simple way to just to break things out. So each one of these sites, north, south, east, west, and central, would all have its own control channel, and each site would broadcast to talk groups for all of the radios that were affiliated on that site. Now, that's the trick here. It's the affiliated radios on that site. So if a radio was only affiliated on the north site, there wouldn't be any reason to rebroadcast a talk group on any other site in this network or in this system. Now, again, to review, when you affiliate on a site, what happens is a user turns on their two-way radio. The radio says, hey, my radio ID is one, two, three. I want to be on talk group ABC. The zone controller says, yes, you are able to do so. So I'm going to let you on. Now, the network knows where each radio is located because you've affiliated. It's a two-way street here. Radio says, I am on this site. Boom, end of story. If the radio crosses into another site, now with some zone control knows that maybe the east site and the north site have radios spread across it that are on the same talk group. Now, all of a sudden, those two sites will broadcast that talk group. And we're going to touch on this in just in a second now. So let's say now that as a county, the north, the south, the east, the west, and the central sites are all tied together. This means they all share the same control channel, or they all transmit the same control channel data at the same time. When a user keys up and a voice traffic comes, a voice channel is keyed up on, every single site keys up on the same frequency at the same time and transmits the exact same data as one large network of sites running simultaneously. This is simulcast. So in an example like this, 
the entire county operates as one large site. So let me break it down realistically for you. In my county, we have several layers on my trunk system, the P25 system here. It's a primary simulcast is one of the one of the sites it's called. It's a 500 megahertz site. There's also a north simulcast on 500 megahertz. Now, most recently, we have what we discovered is a 700 south and a 700 north and an 800 simulcast layer. So now when I program these sites into my scanner, though, I only want to listen to the site or the sites I expect to hear radio traffic on. Now, keep in mind, if you if you didn't listen to last week's, the 700 South, the 700 North, and the 800 Summercast layers, there's no activity on them. Okay? There's no activity on three of the five layers. So, again, when I program this system into my scanner, I only want the site's turned on that I expect to hear the radio traffic that I want to listen to. Let's just say the 700 South, 700 North, and the 800 Summercast system, they had nonsense traffic on it. I don't know. I I don't want to insult anybody and say that listening to a certain type of agency is not exciting because something's there to listen to, right? But let's just say, for giggles, it's, I don't know, a county bus system, right? And they're on the 700 and 800 system. Okay, all the public safety is on the 500 system. Let's let's just go that way. Let's go that route with it. Okay, so again, I only want to program in the the sites that I expect to be able to monitor whatever radio traffic there is. So why is this? Because every time your scanner has to listen or go to a new site, it has to find the control channel, and it's got to wait there for a few seconds. There's a whole time on there that it checks that system for the talk groups that are in your scan list to see if it's active. If it's are, if, if, if those talk groups are on there and they're active, great. You're going to hear them. You'll be able to listen to them. But if those talk groups are never active or aren't active at that time, well, your scanner was sitting there on a layer missing traffic because that, that talk group was never there. But the scanner will sit there and then move on to the next one and move on to the next site and move on to the next site. So it's always gonna it's always gonna lock on the control channel, sit there and pause, go through the scan list. Nope, nothing here, and then it's gonna move on. So, for example, if I'm gonna program a statewide system like the North Carolina Viper system, now again, it's a Viper system is the entire state of North Carolina. I wouldn't want to program in every single site into my scanner. First of all, I couldn't. There's not enough memory in the scanner probably to do that, but. I wouldn't hear all the trunk sites because, first of all, they're too far away from me. And second of all, if I'm scanning a site that's two counties away and I want the the county PD that's in my county, it's a waste of time. So, again, we can manipulate the scanner and create smaller lists with just the sites we want to monitor. So let's, again, review sites and settings in our scan list. On our unit and DMA scanners, we start with systems. That's That's the container. Right, that holds everything that's that's going to be within that. So inside the system container, we have it's a trunk system. We have it's a conventional system. We have it's P25, it's DMR, it's NXDN, depending on what the setup is of that system. Inside the system, once we define what type of system it is, we have groups. In a conventional system, 
right? We have groups. Inside the groups contain frequencies. And our frequencies are all stored with alpha tags, PL, DPL, NAC, color code, delay time, alerts, backlight, et cetera, et cetera. But this is where things kind of get interesting. In trunking, our systems also contain sites. Each site is defined in the system and you have the frequencies for each site. For a P25 system and Motorola trunking, you really only need the primary and alternate control channels as a bare minimum. Personally, I like to put the control channels and the voice channels just in case anything should maybe happen to change in the future and they grab a voice channel as another alternate channel, a control channel. Now, in DMR and XDN, you're going to need to do logical channel numbering or LCN. Now, again, EDAX, LTR, et cetera, too, same story. We've all covered that already in previous podcasts. So how would I want to set up a multi-site system in my DMA scanner so that it trunks most efficiently? Now, we're going to table the discussion right now on GPS. I don't want to get into it right now because it adds a little bit of extra variations into this, and I don't want to go off on that tangent right now. GPS will follow as another episode coming shortly on the podcast. So again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you know that one drops. Okay. Each site, right, I want to scan should be set up as its own system quick key in the scanner. This way I can toggle the sites off and on as needed. For example, if I'm home and I only need to monitor a single site, then maybe I want to lock all the rest of them out. For example, my county, right? We talked about the 500 megahertz systems, the primary in the north. We talked about the 700 south, the 700 north, and the 800. If I break this down in my scanner, I can take up five system quick keys, five banks, air quotes here for banks. I can have a bank for primary, a bank for the north, a bank for uh, 700 south, a bank for 700 north, and a bank for 800. I can go into my scanner and turn off the two 700s and the 800. This only leaves my scanner going back and forth between the two 500 megahertz simulcast sites. Knowing personally that what I want to listen to is on both the primary and the north site. So I can even lock out the north site. Now my scanner is only scanning one site on the system instead of scanning five sites. This is important, and we will talk about why on the other side of the break. This session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealers serving the North American market. Now, if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, we can get you a quote at the very best prices. So why does a company like East Coast Pagers support Scanner School? I think that every Scanner Reader user should at least put one pager in their collection of radios. The reason why is very simple. It frees up your scanner to just do scanning, and then you have one radio that's dedicated to your local fire activity. Now, with a pager, you can have voice storage. You can do tone outs. You can keep it silent. You can go back the next day and listen to what you've missed overnight. It's more than you can do with an out-of-the-box scanner. And with today's pagers, having multiple frequencies and even having multiple channels in a scan list, like the Unication G1 can do eight channels in a scan list. It has 64 memory channels, and out of the box, it comes with 11 minutes of stored voice and 
a desktop charger. The G2s to G5s, they do P25 Phase 1 and Phase 2 in simulcast environments with stored voice, paging on conventional NP25. Oh, and they're upgradable too to DMR Type 1 and Type 2. They are more rugged than today's consumer-based scanners. And with a pager like a Swiss phone S-Quad, you won't even realize you're wearing one. It'll help keep you informed as to what's going on in your neighborhood. So again, eastcoastpagers.com or contact me directly, phil at eastcoastpagers.com. Do you have a new scanner? You're having problems understanding how it works? Maybe you're new to the entire Home Patrol database of programming and you can't figure out Sentinel. Did you get a new SDR and you're trying to figure out how to install it or you want to learn how to use Unitrunker, DSD+, maybe set up a Pioware, or even just make some changes and you don't understand how this system and the equipment works? The podcast might be great for you, but maybe you need a little bit more of one-on-one help with setting something up. I'm available to do just that with you with our private tutoring sessions. You can book me online by going to scannerschool.com slash consulting for a one-hour session. And it's great because we can actually share computer screens remotely, and I can guide you through step-by-step as if I was sitting right next to you. So again, book me for an hour at scannerschool.com slash consulting for your scanner radio one-on-one tutoring session. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues too. So visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issues and sign up today. That's natcommag.com for National Communications Magazine. Okay, so continuing on now. In our trunk systems, we also have groups. This is where things kind of get really fun and confusing now. So our groups can contain our talk groups. And just like frequencies, the talk groups are defined with alpha tags, maybe a backlight color, maybe an alert tone. But we can also set up radio IDs and muted IDs in our groups as well. Now, don't get me wrong here. In a conventional world, I am all for creating very small scan lists and getting things done and fine-tuning them. But for trunking, I prefer to create large systems that can be broken down with groups. For example, my county trunk system again. Groups that I may put in a scanner or maybe not put in a scanner would be police, fire, EMS, MUTCOM, OEM, a water district, interoperability. So remember, each time we have to force a scanner onto a new trunk system, it's going to slow down the scan rate. Because, again, if I had a bank or the system set up for police, fire, EMS, medcom, etc., if I only have one site to load, that means I'm entering and leaving a trunk. Okay, so let's spin this another way. So say I have banks set up. I have one trunk system, but I set up individual banks for police, fire, EMS, medcom. OEM, a water authority, and just county services. Each one of those, right, is set up as its own bank, but I'm only listening to one site. What happens? That means when the scanner looks for the police, it's going to lock onto the trunk system, say, hey, any police talk groups here? Mm, no, not right now. Okay. Leaves the trunk system and then goes in the fire scan bank. It comes back on and says, hey, trunk system. Great, we locked on to you. I know who you are. You're supposed to. Be, this is who I'm supposed to be listening to here. Any fire talk groups here? 
Oh, no fire talk groups? Okay, great. Next list. Hey, it's an EMS list. Hey, trunk system. I have these talk groups here. Well, not really. That's how it says it, but it, the radio says to itself, hey, I'm listening to a trunk system here, and I want these talk groups, etc., etc." If you have the list I just gave you, that's seven times. It's seven times your scanner is getting onto the same trunk site and looking for these talk groups. Okay, so let's 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 multiply things here. Let's say I have two sites, and each time I want a site, it takes three seconds. I'm scanning seven different groups set up as individual banks. That means it's three seconds times seven times two is forty-two seconds just to get back to start. It's it's a ridiculously long time to do a scan list. It's completely not efficient. It's not the right way to set up your scanners. You're not optimized for anything here. But with the groups, though, we can increase our scan rate because during those three seconds locking on and holding onto one site, the scanner can then run through all seven groups at the, it, you know while it is on that site. It doesn't have to leave the site to go through those seven groups. You put them on one one list. So while you're sitting there on one site, you run through those talk groups, okay? It takes you whatever it is, three seconds to go through that. Then you move on to the next thing. How many seconds did you save yourself there, right? So to optimize your trunk system scanning, create one large system and break down your scan lists into groups. Now, what you do is you, you use favorite list group keys to do this. And that's how you toggle the banks off and on. And and remember, while you're scanning that bank, that's uh, that system list quick key, it's function and then number. That's how you get into the groups. Now remember, groups are tied into the system. This is the same system your sites are tied into. So when you toggle these groups off and on, you're also toggling it based on all the sites in the group. So if you have five sites in this system, and you toggle off and on, say the first four talk groups or the first four favorite list quick keys for the groups, you're toggling those groups off and on for those five sites under that system. All right. So obviously now if you have different services on different layers, like I said before, uh, as an example, if I had buses on the 700 layer, then I would really only want, want to map that separately into its own system at that point. So I can, I can make sure that it's where it's supposed to be. So. Here's where you get crazy now. What you want to do is you want to make sure that each site that you want is set up to its own scan bank. And in that system too, you want to make sure that each group is set up as its own group as well as group key. So in conclusion, this is the way you want to optimize your scanner, your DMA scanner for the best trunking optimization, I guess is the way to say it here. One. Set up a system and define your sites and groups. Two, make sure you assign quick keys to your sites. These will act as your banks. You can turn the trunk sites on and off as you want to monitor them with your quick keys. Now you can also assign more than one site per quick key if you like. Three, assign quick keys to your groups. You can define up to 20 groups per system but you can only assign 10 quick keys per group. So if there are groups, you will always want to monitor, say fire dispatch and police dispatch. Don't bother assigning a quick key to them. Don't waste a quick key. 
assign a quick key to the groups you'd want to toggle off and on. Finally, number four. By toggling the sites off and on via their quick keys, aka banks, and also your groups off and on, your scanner will only spend the minimum required time on each system instead of slowing your scanner down to a crawl. Now, again, if you're only scanning one system, this, this would work for you. If you're scanning multiple systems and multiple sites, this is also a great way to do this too. All right, you'll find that things go in and out of this trunk system a lot faster. It's more streamlined and you won't be missing a lot of conversations now because your scanner is going to be fine-tuned, laser-focused on what it is it's searching for. So tell me, how did I do this week? Again, you can leave me feedback by going to scannerschool.com slash session 131. And don't forget too, we have a weekly Zello net. You can join us by going to scannerschool.com slash Zello. Again, that's like hello, but with a Z or a Z for those of you who are on the other side. So again, this is week three of our little mini-series. Next week, again, we're going to talk about Whistler object-oriented scanners. Scanner School's Copyright 2020 Monitor Long Island, Inc. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School, where we teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. And again, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. We'll catch you again next Tuesday for the conclusion of this miniseries, 73.